0: Hi, welcome to episode 555 of The Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and I think I've found the perfect new host for the show. A cute, adorable kitten. Everyone loves cute, adorable kittens. Oh, the downloads will go through the roof. In every episode of The Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of The Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today it's Fantastic Four. Five hundred and fifty five from May two thousand eight. World's Greatest Part Two by Mark Millar and Brian Hitch. And so we begin. Ooh, dance music in the background, fun. So in this issue, as it says on the cover, Exodus from planet Earth, I don't think so. Buy this issue for the first look at mankind's new home. Also, Johnny Storm's sexy new supervillain girlfriend. And this issue begins 20 years ago, I guess in 1988, right after Reed had gotten out of World War II, I think. And Reed is at the University of Vienna at an outdoor cafe with Alyssa Moy, who says that she thinks that they should never have that first kiss. So they're dating, they're two college kids, and they haven't even kissed yet? That's rather odd. I'd expect that kind of thing from Ben, but not Reed. Maybe, maybe it's the 1980s AIDS panic, no one wants to kiss. By all the way, all the women in this cafe have very flat, straight hair. This is the late 1980s, where's all the big, fluffy, puffy hairdos? I guess Hitch doesn't have access to 1980s fashion magazines to find women he can trace. The conversation turns from kissing to having sex, and she says that since idiots out there have tons and tons of kids, isn't it the responsibility of every genius to have as many kids as they can? The alternative, darling, is Planet of the Apes. I was with her up until the mention of Planet of the Apes. Every white supremacist and neo-nazi in the world loves to compare certain parts of the world to Planet of the Apes, so maybe that was not the best movie reference she could make. But her point is that she and Reed should not get together, but should hook up with other people in order to increase the amount of geniuses, genes, getting spread out into the world. I'm not sure what celebrity Brian Hitch is tracing when he draws Reed, but he kinda looks like Lance Armstrong which is not a good thing. He's got the same kind of Lance Armstrong douchiness about him. So back in the present day of 2008, Reed has been taken to New World, a place built by Alyssa's husband, Ted Castle, for everyone on Earth to flee when the world is eventually destroyed. Sometime about 10 years in the future, I would guess. Reed says, Alyssa, this is spectacular. And there is this spectacular two-page spread of this flying platform with Reed and the Castles flying over a replica of the Atlantic Ocean only without water. Reed asks if he can record it to take some pictures, so he pulls out his flip phone. Yes, he's going to get some very high quality images with that thing. Reed asks Dr. Castle, who's paying for this, a life-sized replica of the planet Earth. Castle replies that the Earth Trust was put together by the world's wealthiest men. Once they realized the scale of the threat they were facing. Total environmental collapse. Ironically, caused by the world's wealthiest men. Castle says he estimates the world to be uninhabitable in less than 10 years. Holy shit! I just a minute ago I said ten years. I was just joking. Oh man. Next, the craft turns toward land and Brian Hitch is really knocking it out of the park with some of these scenes. They're flying over this construction of a replica of New York City. They're recreating every detail of New York City right down to the graffiti, which they debated whether or not to include the graffiti, but decided to go ahead and leave it as a tribute to the world left behind. First of all, they say this like, New York City has a lot of graffiti. It does not. they're recreating the New York City of the 1970s, Reed asked a good question instead of going through all this trouble to create a new Earth, why not focus on saving the Earth they already have? The castles say that planet Earth has already past the point of saving. The Earth is doomed, no matter what they do. So graffiti notwithstanding, they are making some improvements to this new Earth. The rainforests won't be depleted, and weapons won't be allowed. So I can imagine when they evacuate Earth, the entire populations of Mississippi and Alabama will be like, No guns on this new Earth! We'll fuck that! We're staying right here. And to ensure that there are no weapons, they've created something called CAP. Something to to conserve and protect. A watchman to patrol the streets and make sure there are no guns or armies or nuclear materials. Reed asks about all the soldiers and police who will lose their jobs. Alyssa says they will be trained with new skills and oh, they're going to love that. Reed sees they've created something called Nightingale, which will work at hospitals and can cure most illnesses. It seems like they're creating a planet utopia of their own. So much for Reed's Plan 101. And they've created this World Bank computer to handle all the world's money supply to ensure a balanced global economy, and they want Reed to quit the Fantastic Four and come join them to work on this, not as a superhero, but as a scientist. So later, back at the Baxter Building, Ben wants to talk to Reed about that date he had with a school teacher, calling her One Hot Tomato. Reed says he's got other things to worry about, such as the extinction of the Earth in in a single decade. He's packed some stuff and he's heading back to some wormhole to the other side of the universe. But before Reed can go, Ben decides to mess with Reed's head, stating that with Reed and Sue's recent marital troubles, maybe Alyssa has come back into Reed's life right at this time to steal him away. Don't be ridiculous. Why would Alyssa be interested in me? Reed asks. Well, for starters, there's that way you can stretch out your body parts. Ben says she's like a female Reed Richards. Even Sue calls her. This is fantastic. Reed zips off into the portal, saying that space is good for a marriage. Meanwhile, at Johnny's new apartment, He's lounging around on his bed shirtless, he gets a phone call and says it better be somebody incredibly beautiful to be calling so early in the morning. But it's some dude named Miguel telling Johnny he's late for band practice. He says it's six in the evening and Johnny is two hours late. But Johnny just said it was early in the morning. What's going on? Did Mark Millar make a mistake or has Johnny developed a serious drug problem? You don't mistake 6 p.m. for early in the morning unless you have a serious drug or alcohol problem. So Johnny gets dressed, and he flies off to practice. But as he's flying across the city, he looks down and he sees a wreck on the bridge. And the road is all cracked up, and some cop cars are turned over. And some woman in a purple outfit with blue hair looks up and sees Johnny, and she says, It's one of their local crime fighters. Don't worry, I'll take care of him and her idea of taking care of him is using her powers to throw several cars at him. A group of cops are about to open fire on her, but she warns them that the first one to fire will swallow their own gun. Johnny swoops back in and rams into the woman, carrying her away from the bridge. She asks Johnny why he's bothering her. It's not like they're hurting anyone. She keeps mentioning other people, but so far we only see her. Johnny says, You were ripping off a diamond shipment. How does Johnny know that? I just flipped through the last few pages, and I see nothing to indicate there was a diamond shipment. No big armored car turned over that says, diamond shipment inside. She's got some kind of telekinetic powers she uses on Johnny, pushing him backwards. While she asks, why can't you people just mind your own business? And he gets knocked down into some old abandoned building. Seems to be a lot of those in the Marvel Universe New York. And she comes over and kisses him saying, You're even more gorgeous than you look on TV. And Johnny replies, I know. That's the first time I think in all these issues that Johnny has shown any recognition that he knows how good looking he is. I know, he says. Such a douchey reply. And then the scene is over. I think he proceeds to take her to Pound Town. So back at the Earth Trust in the cafeteria, Dr. Castle is needling his wife saying that he thinks that Alyssa still has a thing for Reed. But she is insistent that she doesn't. Then a red light goes off. It's an alarm. Someone runs in and says, Dr. Castle! Something terrible has happened! It's Cap! He's escaped! Cap is just like the worst name they could have come up with for their security guard thing, because when I see the word Cap in a comic, it I immediately think of Captain America. So they go look at Cap's room, And they learn that Cap has deactivated the switch that deactivates Cap. And now he's heading south to round up soldiers. Meanwhile, in Alaska, because why not go to Alaska now, where there's a group of people walking through the snow with machine guns. Who are these people? I'm guessing the Palin family. I don't know. They come across this big security robot, Cap, it's very tall and very fat. It's a big thick robot. A big-boned, I mean, big-bone robot. And his paint job is very Captain Americanish, which is odd for the World Trust to adopt this American symbolism. And that is where our issue comes to an end to be continued next time. So if you have any questions about the Fantastic 4, about this podcast or if you need relationship advice and don't we all you can email me at podcast at gmail.com follow me on twitter dave elliott at podcast FF. you can download other episodes of itunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com so long kids this podcast is over back to the street where we